0: I'm Zach Strickland, Head of Freight Market Intelligence with me, Tony Mulvey. What are you, Head of Research? No, (laughs) Senior Analyst. Senior Analyst. Yeah. Uh, Here to bring you all the latest on the freight market, supply chain, economy, uh, everything that you could possibly think of that you might need to go about your day and your business world Mm -hmm. or life. It's not just about transportation. We like to think that we do a little bit of everything here.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, transportation's kind of the the upstream of what the consumer's doing. So it's all connected. It, it's, we live in a connected world and not just connected by the internet. You
0: know what? When I don't get my Amazon package on Tuesday, I, I for sure am connected to the transportation world. Yes.
1: Yes, <laughs> that's a different connection to what you have in your day-to-day, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yes, today's topic, today's show, is going to be more about how we are influenced by regulations, rules, Uh, sometimes...
1: Things you like to break?
0: Yeah, I, I I am not a great rule follower myself, but, um, that's because sometimes they need breaking, Tony. Yes. Uh, and it's because we're not, as a society, we're generally not very good at making rules. Uh, and this is, it leads to inefficiencies. We actually have entire segments of the business world that thrive on this inefficiency because of regulation Mm -hmm. or rules. Anybody that's gone to an airport... (laughs) knows uh, about some of this inefficiency. The travel times now take longer, there's more congestion, et cetera, because of these regulations. Now, I'm not going to target the airlines today, but uh, there are some things going on in the trucking space uh, that have been discussed. John Gallagher, of course, has written a couple of articles, but we'll get to those here in a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, the best way to start off the show though is set up where the market is with the market in two. And Zach, are you ready?
0: Let's do it, count me in.
1: All right, three, two, one.
0: All right, we still got too much capacity in that trucking market. Shippers, you can still take uh, a breath. Looks like rejection rates. Really starting to slowly decline out of that winter weather disruption. Uh, Still slower to come down than the spot market was. But overall, tender rejection rate's below 5%. 4.81% is the read today. Uh, Looks like it's going to trend downward. I would expect this to happen. Uh, 4.81% is not a tight market. It is above the 2023 average of 3.6%. That we had last year, though, so it is still trending tighter. It looks like the stickiness too is also making me think this capacity bleed off is is having more of an impact uh, than probably anybody in the uh, out there in the market can still perceive. Let's go to the next chart, kind of double down on this with the spot rates. This is one area that I think you know is a little bit overly influenced by desperation freight or utilization plays by. Uh, asset-based carriers, spot rates are falling really quickly uh, right now. They're coming down off of those winter weather highs that we saw. And it looks like that is a pretty, that's accelerating. So could we see a new market bottom out of the spot market here? I think it's possible, uh, especially over the next couple of months, but we'll see. We got March just around the corner. Let's go to the next chart here. Uh, From the demand side perspective, there's nothing here that tells me that we're going to see a dramatic drop-off in activity in the freight market because demand is just so sticky. We're still 9% higher than we were this time last year, and that's growing, uh, mainly because last year this was kind of the bottom for the demand side component. Uh, And another reason I think that demand is relatively sticky, we go to the next and final chart here, uh, looking at our IOTI, our Import Ocean T uh, volume index, measuring the bookings of containers coming from places all over the world into the United States, Look at that spike there right before Chinese New Year. It's coming down as we expect it to as the Lunar New Year progresses. Uh, But man,
1: was it high. (laughs) It was high. I mean, you knocked it out of the park. That last chart, I think, Mm -hmm. to me, is probably the most telling of future demand. And I think that's right. I mean, you're seeing capacity continue to bleed off. I know your chart of the week last week kind of talked about that from the demand side. Mm -hmm you do not going to see necessarily a spike, but it's this slow climb, this slow growth. You saw it last year. I mean, we can even go back to pull up mm-hmm. the uh, OTBI from last year. And you can see where it bottomed kind of mm-hmm. in this February time frame. We'll yeah, go we back one, out, out one chart. Yeah. And, and you grew throughout the rest of the year. And now you're in a a period where Port of LA came out. Loaded imports up 19% year over year. Strongest January. And we saw that early January. Yeah. And loaded imports. We saw that coming based
0: on that IOT idea. Yeah. Uh, we knew it was going to happen this way. And it mm-hmm. looks like that port's going to have a lot of activity for the next week or two well, <laughs> before it, it, it drops off. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. it'll drop off. I think the question's going to be, so February, likely going to be stronger than, from the port's perspective, going to be a stronger February than what it was last year, which is good. Now, March will be the... I mean that's the more telling I, part, but yeah, that's
0: the part that I was kind of teasing out there. Is that yeah. March looks like that has the potential of being a little bit more of a breakout month, yeah, uh, based on that IoTI date. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see that translate because a lot of that IoTI volume, one, it takes uh, a couple of weeks to get yeah. here.
1: Yeah, I looked at transit <laughs> times from all ports to L.A. It's like twenty-six days now. It used to be. Well, that's all ports. Yeah, that's it's all ports, right? It's kind China. right yeah. around fifteen. Yeah, yeah. so it. Excuse it a little. I think I just did that to kind of gauge because when I was looking at it, you looked at I looked at Mm -hmm. uh, all ports globally, and you're still elevated even now. Lunar New Year. I mean, that gap is is significantly wider, and we're what five days in now. This time last year, we were really in the depths of of the holiday. I mean, because we're about two weeks behind Mm -hmm. in terms of the holiday. So I, I think. For that perspective, Lunar New Year had an impact, but volumes were already higher. They're likely going to continue to trend higher Mm -hmm. because if you start looking at inventory levels, we don't really have the inventory glut. Inventory. This time last year, we had a huge amount of inventory in those
0: warehouses they were trying to bleed down.
1: Yeah, you saw inventory to sales ratio starting to pick up, very lagged, but it's trended down recently. Sales have been okay, but it also indicates that that inventory level is is bleeding off, and you've really seen... I mean, look at the logistics managers index. Yeah, expansion for the first time in three months in inventory levels. So you're seeing some growth that need to replenish is starting to. Yeah,
0: we need to get Zach to, Rogers out here. Yes, uh, to talk to him about yes. that too, because that's that's he they he does a great job of breaking down the upstream and downstream, and we're seeing. Yeah. You know, just to give a a quick economic update, retail sales down in January. Yeah. I'm not worried about this. Nope. Because
1: why? Well, you're coming off December, the holiday, right? And it it naturally falls because you have a, it's not really a pull forward. It's just an intense sale cycle in in December and you're going out to eat. I mean, restaurant bar spending was still up, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so that kind of history continued. You also saw a drop in, like, gas station sales. So Prices pull up, fell. Hold up the
0: OTVI one more time here. Yeah. Because this is, this is actually also, I think, relevant to this retail sales drop. Figure. Mm-hmm. You look at the early part of this white line, which is the current year's OTVI, well, tender volume value. That's Martin Luther King week, but also the winter, winter weather, weather hit yeah. right at the exact same time. Yeah. People didn't go out as much. They didn't go and purchase stuff. One of the biggest declines was in Building materials and garden supply. Yeah. They weren't going to Home Depot and Lowe's while everything was frozen. Yeah. You effectively
1: (laughs) took a week out. I mean, even if you take a week out of a month and for from a sales perspective is a significant driver. I mean, I think if you even isolate it just to more consumer goods and I take out motor vehicles and parts just because. Yeah. And gas sector was down too. Was down. And gas station spending, and you were down 0.5% month over month. You're up two plus percent year over year. So from a January perspective, it's not all bad when you factor in winter weather, right? Yeah. And the the impacts that that has, and you're coming off December. So you're still seeing a relatively consumer willing to spend money, even I, though I, it... Yeah. I, I, I mean, you see the OTVI is still relatively sustained. Yeah.
0: And so for me, like, I don't... I don't put a lot of credence into the trend line shift there in January yeah. because we had some exogenous events there that weren't sustainable and honestly it makes me a little bit more bullish about March because that
1: same sector that got punished in January is going to it's going to have a prime run. for growth in in March. March because that's when yeah you're outside of the winter weather Lar- largely, right? I we mean, we could have now this winter I have been watching some weather patterns and we need
0: Kaylee Nix on here. Uh it, March does have the potential to have some of the most significant winter winter weather at the tail end of the season that can still exist. I just don't think that's possible that we have these deep arctic plunges that yeah. are sustainable like we do in January February.
1: Yeah, I think your odds are more isolated I would say in in something like March, right? Like yeah. it can impact. Regions of the country versus this whole effectively the whole country, yeah. Uh, biggest uh winter weather event
0: in this area's history, Chattanooga, Tennessee, was, was April, in March. Was it March? It was March, though, 93, the great yeah. storm of 93,
1: 23 inches of snow. it
0: was not alive, so uh, I don't think we've had 23 inches of snow since then in total. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't think, so. <laughs> uh, no, we have had a few decent sized uh snows, but it still might have struggled to get there, yeah, anyway. Uh, I digress. So we have some, uh, you know, industrial sector as well yeah. is turning up. Mm-hmm. The, the two of the ones that I, I, you know, looking at here, the New York and Philly yeah. fed survey results for industrial manufacturing activity. Yeah, Philly is now positive. Um, and that's, you know, that's actually a good sign. It's actually a really strong positive figure at that. Yeah. New York's still negative a little bit. So Philly survey was up 16 points to 5.2. New York survey was still negative negative two point four, but significantly higher than it was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think from my perspective, the only potential headwind, not even from a manufacturing going back, shifting back to the consumer is the the credit situation. Yeah. I mean you're seeing delinquencies rise at a rate, I mean, they're at the highest level they've been. I'm gonna exclude twenty twenty one because that was just chaos mm-hmm. and and you there were so many th- outside factors in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the highest level it's been since 2013. That was on the decline. Those were on the decline, so we're back on the increase, right? Nine, I think 9.7% of credit card loans are 90 or ninety days plus delinquent. Yep. Uh, you've seen faster rate of outstanding, the outstanding balances on credit card loans have grown at the fastest pace, faster than what they were pre-pandemic. That, and you're still in a high interest rate environment. You've seen, what, the credit utilization report you saw in the past year, the interest rate up 500, 600 basis points. I mean, I mean, without a doubt, that that's just a headwind. I mean, it credit- doesn't materialize. I don't know, but it, it's a, it sets up a potential headwind. Yeah. We've been talking about the credit
0: situation for months now, and it just doesn't seem to have Like materialized in the way that any of us thought that it would. Uh, It's still out there, though. We can't ignore it as a potential risk to the economy. But the industrial sector, I think, is a little bit disconnected right now because I think that interest rate, they're stalling the interest rates and then signaling cuts in the future has really started to kind of gain some traction with the industrial sector.
1: And then you have the stimulus factors that have come from the government where they are spending money. It's on infrastructure, which is dri- will drive exactly the manufacturing sector.
0: And especially as we exit the winter. So yep. moving in- back into the transportation sector here, one of the big stories on FreightWaves.com, uh, FMCSA questioned on studies added to safety and fitness rulemaking. So uh, John Gallagher does a fantastic job covering uh, all the government and politics situations that involve the transportation sector. Uh, this one is interesting to me because I think it's – you can apply this type of thought to all the other sectors in the world. Like it, it is, so the government sees safety. Anytime you put safety out there as like a reason to do something, nobody argues with you. You have to be yeah. very careful though, arguing safety and its actual like in, like intent versus reality. Yeah. Because sometimes you, you say thing you do a thing for the sake of safety and it actually becomes less safe. Yeah. The transportation industry is rife with this. The HOS legislation actually turns out <laughs> the LDs did not make drivers safer. Yeah. Actually sped them up <laughs> um, and made them less safe at times because they were on in a hurry to make sure they got to a place. Yeah. Some of the things that this article addresses is the outdated measures and data, which I think are a consistent concern with government.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, if we point. just talked about it in, I mean, just it, you can see it across the board, right? I mean, I just talked about the inventory to sales ratio. That's from November right. and we are now in mid February. Like Oh, and they're talking about data the, that's years old. Yeah. And that's it's in this crazy. Situation. I started looking at some data, FAA data. Mm-hmm. It's from 2019 is the most recent releases. We are three year I mean so it's not just yeah. FMCSA and like yeah. what there you go. It is across like you said, it's across the board that anything looking at anything government data wise, you're mm-hmm. going to be late. To the party and does it actually fix the problem?
0: Yeah, that's that's the big question. That, uh, of course, Oida uh, argues here that that is a little bit more by the way that they're going about this is they're actually making it easier for the larger fleets, larger carriers, because they can afford technology. They're basically giving you a benefit of you know, you're getting a safety measure boost mm-hmm. if you invest in safety centric technology. On the surface, that sounds great. Uh, why wouldn't you? However, There's no study that actually says that a lot of this technology actually makes them safer. So just because you're willing to, and the argument is valid in the way that their willingness to invest in safety technology probably does make them safer. There's nothing out there that says that this tech is actually indicative of them being a safer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, again, it goes, you're basing stuff on one lagging data. A lot of this tech is Mm -hmm. somewhat new. I mean... It's not in, it's not mature yet, right? I mean, you think about, all. I mean, think about the ELD. I mean, we're six year. what, six years, seven years in to that mandate? Like, it's not an, I would argue that's not enough time to, I mean, you can start to pull mm-hmm. data from it, but I mean, it's still, I mean, look at what you talk about historic, historicals and historical data. I mean, you're looking 10 plus years before you can really make any assumptions based mm-hmm. on it. And we're still... We're 70% of the way there. Yeah. Like, and that's one element of what what is safety, right? So I think it's...
0: Also, it adds costs.
1: Yeah. Like, transportation
0: sector now is... They don't... They're already, like, a lot of these operators, and OIDO has a very valid claim here that instead of encouraging the thing that promotes safe driving... like I like incentivization. Mm-hmm. I don't like regulation. Uh and again, they're incentivizing new tech's expenditure, yeah. but they're not that's not encouraging safe driving, yeah. safe behavior. It's and actually they found that some of this tech is not great for long term safety in the way that if drivers become too they, they can kind of zone out mm-hmm. with some of the automation and they're not actually required to focus, yeah, it actually makes them too dependent on it and less yeah. safe. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it's one of those interest and I think you have it here. I mean, bias towards towards things with money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fleets with money. Yeah, because that's who's incentivized to do it is the owner operator with one truck, mm-hmm. incentivized to go spend this money. The or, or are they going to? I mean, that's the other part. Like, if you start f- regulating it and forcing it, like, are they going to do it? Like, especially somebody who's been in the industry say twenty years, they're like. I don't want more regulation. That's yeah. already been—I don't want to say overregulated, but it feels like the regulations have ramped up in recent years. Do they want to do it? Do, also, is that going to be a? You can't a, ignore the political
0: component of the government regulations too, because they are—they are there to get votes and sustain their, you know, authority yeah. in some form or fashion. So therefore, that makes them more biased to what is going to appear. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna be biased towards appearances. I mean if like we see that all yeah. the time that's not news. I'm not breaking a story here. Um, but it's that is part of what drives a lot of this stuff yes. and some of it's good some of it's not as effective. Uh, but I want to go into the maritime space for a little bit here with our next couple of stories. Oh uh, we've got you know uh, Stephen Barrett uh writing a pretty clever title here the the light load it's a mad 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 supply chain world mm. um and the point of this article is simply calling out we've got the drought in panama in the panama canal it's an it's an ongoing issue it's the dry season down there it's not getting better it's getting worse and now we've got investment sentiment moving towards solving this in these grandiose manners we're seeing mm. railways bypassing the canal we're seeing all this uh, investment potential in all these things to get around this problem, which it's an environmental situation. Now, I'm, this is not going to turn into a, uh, you know, global climate change discussion uh, today. But the point is, is that there's not a lot you can do in the environment at a local level. Like, no. yes, there's things you can do that influence it, but you're not going to be able to really change the way the environmental things are going. Yeah uh we need large sweeping <laughs> global uh stuff to make that happen are these environmental concerns something that you can especially with things like building new infrastructure get around in your opinion
1: i mean is that the might, right move it might help alleviate if this happened in the future but it's not going to solve the problem now it's too expensive yeah. i mean I think that's part of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's just too expensive right now. And the time it takes to invest in some of these solutions to the current environment will take too long. The current environment will change once, yeah. twice, three times before right. these solutions are actually like in a place where... Also, is this problem big enough
0: yeah. to have the $2.8 billion investment? <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. And I think that's, you know... That's... The- not gonna hurt potentially, but then if I'm a maritime shipper, like I'm how how am I gonna navigate? I'm gonna react by being like, no, I'm gonna fix this on my end so you don't have to use it. And then you end up with all this dead ghost town esque infrastructure yeah. that Steve does a good job of calling out like they have in China. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean it is your return well, I, I look at it, mm-hmm. this is the the finance and like what is your return on investing all mm-hmm. of this? If things Eventually, clear themselves up. Which again, we're talking about it in this situation, environment issue. Which, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's global. If we really want to f- try to make any fix, if mm-hmm. not, it's going to be natural and work itself out. And there's not a whole lot that we can do. Yeah. What's the return if you make the investment? Things change. Well, also,
0: is it actually that big of a problem? I want to pull yeah, up. A, that's uh, the. That's
1: yeah. the other question. Yeah.
0: I, I want to pull up a couple of. I don't know if we have them or not uh, yeah we do okay so there's two from our container Atlas uh, product we track the amount of customs data TUs and shipment data coming into the various ports in the United States This first uh, image is going to be of this current past 28 days uh, and the ports and their various components their market share uh, This is 2024 ending you know the la- yesterday. There's one notable, noticeable glaring item on this. So see the top three, (laughs) the top three, Los Angeles, Newark, Long Beach. Um, You know, you can go through and hit pause and read the various market share items here if you want, but let's go to the next one here. You can see the total TEU count too. This is last year, same period of time. Uh, That changes, Long Beach, Los Angeles, Newark. Newark's market share growth (laughs) and, and volume are tremendously higher this month. Yeah, I think that... I think it that's isn't. the East Coast. We've been talking about West Coast yeah, being a, the thing, but the East Coast volume has not suffered.
1: No, it hasn't. Year. And I think that's, to me, it's a surprise. I think, I mean, and you could pull it up, you could give, go even further. Look at Savannah, uh, yeah. just underneath those three, mm-hmm. right? Like, this time last year, it was the sixth largest port. Mm-hmm. Now it's the fourth largest port. I mean, it's surpassed... Uh, I mean, it's just gr- I think I think some of that is infrastructure spend on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I think some of it is behavior changes. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at where rates went. Uh, and I, you look at we talk about spot rates all the time and, and again, the short term problem. I and mean, you see a short term spike in mm-hmm. in ocean spot rates. but if you were able to lock in maybe a contract rate with a ocean carrier, to move to the East Coast yeah. and you're like, okay, that helps. You, you
0: well, let's prob- pull up the spot rates uh, to the on the ocean side. Uh, we just had them uh, ready to go there. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there. There I we mean, go. So this is Fretos uh, Baltic Exchange uh, from China to North America's West Coast. They're in the blue line. China North America's East Coast. They're in the fainter blue line uh, that's higher than the yeah. other ones. And then you have the spread between the two. Now, the spread is the difference between East and West Coast shipping the higher that spread gets the better it is to ship into the west coast yeah so the data is actually contradicting like what we would expect with this type of activity and with on top of the panama
1: canal the question (laughs) is this is just one element of the supply chain right right you look at now go and look you'd have to do it and pull up what rates in moving a the truckload, effectively, mm-hmm. from, or, I mean, even an intermodal move, that yeah. movement as well, right? If you're going, say, Chicago, right? right. What does that change? But, I mean, really, if you pulled it back up, I mean, that white line is not much different than where it was this time last year. It is n- not really higher. So we've seen this increase in rates, but yeah. it's affected both lanes. It has. And so, yes, it's it's more expensive now than it was... Well, if you look at
0: that East Coast line there in the last part, it's way more sticky. And, yeah. and it's got a little bit more oomph to it there
1: at the end than the West Coast line. Yep, it does. And, but I think the, relatively mm-hmm. speaking, it's not much different than it was this time last year from a maritime perspective when you look at the spot rates. And I think that might be interesting because it's like, okay, now, it'll be interesting to see how these market share dynamics change in the middle of the year, right? Right, Because that, where you know, one was way more expensive now than it was in the right. middle of the year. Like, how's that play out? I think it'll be okay.
0: so interesting. We didn't get to the last thing I wanted to get to, which is some new rules and regulations around the tax plan that could ease investment burden. I highly recommend reading that, but also keep in mind what we talked about. Are they tackling the right things in terms of the market? Because all it does is make it easier to go buy a truck. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the other side of that, is it going to be too late? They're making these now and they're trying to react to a problem that might be out it's of date by then. Definitely not a problem. So <laughs> too much supply.